0: sneak it up on you
1: anymore. No, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we really need to figure out how to change that because those are way funnier.
0: Oh, they were they were great. Um if since he got missed at the beginning Corwin was just addressing his cat in a very stern fashion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yes. Good times. All right. The, well, anyway. the funniest, you know, relationship with pets is when you treat them as full-fledged adults who just happen to not be able to speak. That's why like, I prefer I wanna... pet
0: names that are, like, adult names. Like exactly. People names, yeah.
1: I want a dog named, like, Dave.
0: Steven! Harry, <laughs> quit shit on the furniture!
1: <laughs> uh, I, I saw a post on Reddit about uh, this, like, woman was, like, talking to her dad for, like, you know, months just over the phone, like, during the pandemic and whatnot, and he kept talking about, uh, you know, Mike in his neighborhood, like, you know, he's... Going to go see Mike, or Mike popped in today or saw Mike at, you know, went to the park with Mike, blah, 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 blah. And when things finally, you know, got lifted, she realized that Mike was his neighbor's dog.
0: Oh. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> got yeah. Fuck snowballs. Fuck uh, or, uh shitty name. Brooklyn nine nine,
1: it's uh is Kelly Sully's wife or his dog.
0: Ah, yes. classic game. Yep. Uh, anyway, anyway, we've cold open for a while, so hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy,
1: and I am sitting upright at a desk, kind of Corbin Heller.
0: You're in a for couch. Once. You're sitting on a couch.
1: But comparatively to where I'm in my bed with my laptop, just sitting on my lap, it's far more formal, so. We're, oh, no, it definitely is, world.
0: but I also would be hard-pressed to say that anybody would refer to a, a couch and coffee table as a desk-like situation. Sir? <laughs> Maybe the pandemic has shifted some <laughs> definitions, but I, I think we're still a ways away from that. sure. Uh, um. Anywho, a uh, lot to get into today, but we'll start with a um, random NFL topic, because why not? Uh, and that is the ever growing irrelevant Le'Veon Bell um, mm-hmm. somehow making a headline stating that he would never play for Andy Reid again, coach of the uh, Kansas city chiefs where Lev Bell was for the uh, last half a season or so um, saying that he would rather retire instead of play for Andy Reed again. And um, I think he's probably going to end up having to retire like fucking anyway. So like, Go fuck yourself. Also, you've had issues with coaches and front offices at every team you've ever been to. So mm-hmm. I defended only ever you hear but... about post fact. Yeah, right. It's like,
1: all right, I'll brown those to show you while I'm here, and then once I'm gone, yo, that sucked. That was the worst. That was awful. You know, all the way through, and it's like, oh. listen, now, I get, I get shit talking, Adam Gase. I was just saying, yeah, that one I get. Um, if you I- want to shit talk a Hall of Fame coach. Or if you want to shit talk a coach, don't pick a Hall of Fame one. How about that? Two Hall of Fame
0: ones, if he's arguing with yeah, about – if like, he says anything about – yeah, if he says anything about Pittsburgh, um, which I know he described more like front office issues mm-hmm. with Pittsburgh, but um, regardless. Uh, man. Yeah, the front
1: office issue of us not wanting to pay him like $18 million a year. <sighs> yeah.
0: It's – um honestly, I don't get why it's a headline, which is kind of why – I the the most I felt like talking about it it's he is so irrelevant and again as a Jets fan I had defended him for a while assuming that a lot of his lack of production was because Adam Gase was awful at the Jets teams he was on were bad and that's going to show up in the running back a lot um but he did nothing in Kansas City either with any of the touches and opportunities he got so chances are the man is washed um but Fuck, I just, ooh, man, I don't care anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get why it's a headline, because it's Le'Veon Bell, and it's going to get clicks because people know who Le'Veon Bell is. A lot of cachet from 2014. (laughs) Right, and it's, God. He's going to retire, and nobody's going to give a shit, and it's just wild how quickly he tanked his career. Whether, eh, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, like, it wasn't just him, but... No, he worked pretty hard to do that.
0: Uh, It's, it's, yeah, there's nothing to really say. He, he just be retired, man. Just, just, you have a lot of money. That's great for you. Happy for you, buddy. Glad you got it. it. Uh, I'm sure he does. NFL players are, I think, getting smarter and smarter about what they do with their dollars. Um, since, um, Lots and lots of studies have been happening over the last 20 years saying they usually go broke.
1: (laughs) But Josh, you have to remember, uh, Le'Veon Bell is uh, one of those people who, by the NFL, is considered to have a lower cognitive function.
0: I can't believe that story is still not like the biggest thing that we're all still talking about. But, oh, my God. Uh,
1: You know, one of those callbacks remind everybody that that's still a thing.
0: Yep. Oh, God. It just, it just like left as quickly as it came. Yeah. Um,
1: it's one of, like I'm amazed that nobody has picked it up for a secondary for story, but yeah, here we are.
0: Yeah, they'll just make another documentary about it in like a decade, and everyone will get outraged from the week, and then everyone mm-hmm. will move on to the next outrageous thing. It'll win an Oscar for
1: like documenti- documentary of the year, and we'll all remember, like, hey, oh, this was actually very preventable. Okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: Uh, oh, so I have nothing else to say about the NFL. You have anything? Is there anything else NFL related to talk about?
1: Uh, ch- ch- what is going on in the NFL right now? I feel like there's been tidbits, but like nothing actually major. Yeah. Oh, Deshaun Watson says he wants to go play for Denver, which is nice of him to mention.
0: Um, neat also um who thinks you're playing in the nfl next season because that's very uncertain you should probably just shut the fuck up for the moment
1: it's one of those things where it's like oh it's kind of quiet for a little while so like we're all kind of like forgetting it off the top of our heads just like the details of this story but boy it's it's one of those things that's going to surface at some point and just blow the top off the pot yeah
0: i mean OTAs are still chugging along. Pretty soon we're going to be getting um, actual in-person practices, so I guess we'll see what happens at that point. Um, I mean, the NFL has set very weird precedents recently about how strongly they want to consider accusations, i.e. the Ezekiel Elliott one that Mm. got proven to not be a real thing and the NFL still suspended him. Um, So this one seems like... Deshaun
1: he was in Watson, the news this be? week. Ezekiel See? Elliott, yeah, what do you do? his dog bit somebody. Oh no! Yeah, take care of your fucking pets. Yeah,
0: and stop oh, yeah, throwing their shit. People starting in my neighborhood, and you stop throwing their shit in my fucking garbage cans. Go find your own fucking garbage cans for your dog shit. I'm sick to death of bringing in my garbage cans in the morning after they take the garbage in the morning to find out there's like four bags of dog shit. How is there so much dog shit? <laughs> Stop <It's> it.
1: <laughs> your neighbor is saving them all up throughout the week and just waiting until you take out your garbage just to throw them in there and fuck Dude, with you. Dude,
0: I bring my cans out at 7 o'clock in the morning when I leave for the gym and then the trash usually comes between like 8 and 10 and I bring the cans back in at noon and so there's at most like three hours that there could possibly be an empty garbage can without the trash in it. Trash man already came and somehow four fucking people will have walked their dog during business hours in the middle of the week and thrown their shit in my garbage can. I don't understand how it must be.
1: It must be your neighbor. Just like waiting there. It's gotta be.
0: I don't even fucking know, but anyway, so just knock it off people of my neighborhood. If you listen to this, they don't but if you do i'm fucking watching you (laughs) anyway um just because you know it's nothing worse than walking into the garage three days after there was dog shit in your garbage can you know how awful that is in the summer (laughs) i mean i'm trying really
1: hard not to picture that
0: it's brutal please fucking stop people (laughs) it's literally (laughs) against the law um not in my front
1: yard (laughs) You should just grant Torino them. Just hang out just inside the window. Big-ass gun. Pretend to be Clint Eastwood when he's 95. Just go out there. Get off my lawn.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, All right, so let's pivot over into baseball talk. We'll start with some somber news, but always a good opportunity to relive some of baseball's past, and um, that is that Mudcat Grant, James Timothy Mudcat Grant, um, who pitched 14 big league seasons, mostly for the uh, Cleveland Indians and the Minnesota Twins, uh, also having played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Oakland Athletics, the St. Louis Cardinals, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Montreal Expos, uh, passed away yesterday as of recording this. It's June 12th. Um, he was the first black pitcher in baseball to throw, to win, I should say, 20 games in a single season. And then went on to coin the term Black Aces, which referred to all pitchers who ended up winning 20 games in a single season, which is a pretty exclusive list. So that makes him the the first Black Ace and the, the um, purveyor of the Black Aces. Um, Corwin, do you know anything about Mudcat?
1: I know absolutely nothing.
0: Uh, well, so he's not a Hall of Famer. I'll start with that just because I don't it's, it's one of those weird cross sections of people who had an impact on baseball history that because they had that impact, you would kind of assume are in the hall of fame. Cause you know, they're na- like Kurt flood for, is a, is a very big person for me for that. Like I always want to assume that Kurt flood is in the hall of fame. I'm um, actually, I'm double checking myself that he's not. Cause I said it too many times and now I'm doubting myself. Okay. He's not in the hall of fame. Um, but like, he is such a synonymous name with baseball, especially in that period of baseball that you just kind of go like, yeah, he's in the hall of fame or even like guys like Don Mattingly. He's not in the hall of fame. It feels like he's in the hall of fame. Yeah, it does. He's not in the hall of fame. (laughs)
1: Like, I don't know who Kurt Flood is. like, I just, I don't know that era of baseball, but like, Oh, Don Mattingly. I definitely know who that name is. And I know the kind of player he was, you know, for the Dodgers. It's weird that he's not.
0: Okay, so first off, you can go fuck yourself because he he never played for the Dodgers. He
1: played played for the Mets, right? The Yankees. The Yankees for his entire career?
0: His entire 14 seasons, all of Mm. them with the Yankees.
1: I'll go fuck myself.
0: You really should. He he retired in 95 the year right before they started the championship run. I have no idea. Daryl Strawberry?
1: No. What position was Mattingly? First base. Who was the, oh, uh, Keith Hernandez. Did he ever play for the Dodgers? I know he played for the Mets.
0: Actually, I, mm, I know he played for the Mets and the Cardinals. Did he play for the Dodgers? I feel like I can picture him in Dodgers blue. So I'm going to say yes while I do my Google. Uh, no, he did not. He went mm. from St. Louis to the Mets and then played one season in Cleveland, which I didn't realize existed. Um and I'm sure he doesn't want to remember that either because he had a 49 OPS plus, and that's not great. Um, well, if
1: anyone listening can think of a first baseman who played famously for the Mets and the Dodgers, uh, that's the person I'm thinking of.
0: Are you sure you're not thinking of Mike Piazza? Didn't he play yeah. for the no, Mets I'm and the not Dodgers? Thinking,
1: I don't know about the Dodgers, but I, I definitely wasn't thinking oh, of Mike Piazza.
0: His hat in his baseball reference page is literally a Dodgers hat. And he really? went straight, and he went straight from the Dodgers to, oh no, Dodgers to the Marlins, and then the Mets. But there was just a, huh. literally a five game stint with the with the Marlins.
1: How how long did he play for the Dodgers?
0: Um, seven seasons, only one fewer oh. season than he did the Mets. So it really, split his I, time there.
1: I can only ever picture Mike Piazza as a Met.
0: Well. What's funny is he also hit better as a Dodger, which is actually something that I am surprised by. Um, He had a 160 OPS plus with the Dodgers versus a 136 OPS plus for the Mets. So still a great, great hitter for the Mets, but a colossal hitter for the Dodgers. That's interesting. We've gotten very off track, so I'm going to loop us back around.
1: We're talking Um, about baseball. We're always on topic.
0: Oh, I want to make sure we we give um, Mudcat Grant, his due, So mm-hmm. he obviously was a big part of the black baseball community. Um, he did work with um, Bob Kendrick at the baseball, the Negro leagues hall of fame museum. Um, and was uh, a mentor and a friend to a lot of black ball players. And a lot of guys, and was just good friends with a lot of guys who were in, you know, members of the black aces, because it was, it's a pretty small community. The only players uh, or the players that I should, I should say that make up the black aces um alphabetically uh Vita Blue who won 20 games three times Al Downing who did it once and one of those is actually in the same season as Vita Blue that's nice um Bob Gibson who did it five times Dwight Gooden who did it once and it's wild that Dwight Gooden only did that once but still um Mudcat Grant who did it once Fergie Jenkins who did it seven fucking times God, I love Fergie Jenkins. When did he play? Um, Fergie Jenkins, he mm-hmm. started uh, this this first 20 game season was in 1967. Um so hold on. Hold on. Wait, good. So he played from 65 to 83, which is a ridiculously long career.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, one Cy Young Awards, three time All-Star, and a Hall of Famer with 84.1 career war. Also, one of the first, if not the I don't want I don't want to say the first, because that's probably wrong, but one of the first big baseball players from Canada. Um, one of the first big black baseball players, one of the first black aces, um, and one of the greatest cubs of all time, in addition to Rangers. And, and was the pitcher who pitched against the Indians for 10 cent beer night in the mm-hmm. game where that devolved into absolute chaos.
1: Fergie Jenkins was there. Okay. Oh, I love how you can just say 10 cent uh, beer night, and, and you just we both knows. know the event. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows
0: what happened that day. Um, so just to keep trucking through the list here of the black aces uh, to Fergie Jenkins, Sam Jones, who did it once. Oh, actually, sorry, I apparently I was wrong. Sam. Oh, okay. 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 Hold on. I disrespect you two guys. Sam Jones did this in 1959 and Don Newcomb did it three times all in the fifties, 51, 55, 56, which I knew. Okay. So then Mudcat Grant coined the term. He did not um, do it first, which makes sense because Bob Gibson also threw 20 wins in 1965. All right. So that's Josh's mistake. And I am sorry. And dumb. Josh
1: is a liar sometimes.
0: Sometimes. Uh, Mike Norris, who did it in 1980. The one time, J.R. Richard, who did it once. Dave Stewart, who did it four times. Smoke Stewart. Love Dave Stewart. Uh, and Earl Wilson, who did it once. Um, oh, and uh, sorry, I also missed uh, Dontrell Willis, who did it once. CeCe Sabathia, who did it once. And David Price, who did it once. And it really feels like all three of those guys, sh- Like if you had asked me how many 20-win seasons CeCe Sabathia had, I would have said more than one. Same thing for David Price. Same with David
1: Price, yeah. Like, and honestly, crazy. same
0: for Dontrell Willis. Like, like he played on some pretty decent Marlins teams.
1: Is he the pitcher that had that wildly high leg kick? Huge leg yeah. kick, yes. Yeah.
0: Also, he gave me a virtual hug on Twitter the other day. It really warmed my heart. That's nice. Yeah. He's a super nice dude. Um. But, yeah, so interesting, interesting, interesting. So, yeah, so anyway, Mudcat Grant, one of the very few black aces. Um, He was a a, uh, longtime member, as I said, of the Cleveland Indians. Um, He was uh, from oh my God, I'm going to pronounce this town so incredibly wrong, but I don't know how to pronounce it otherwise. So you're going to have to look up Mudcat Grant so that you can tell me how you're going to pronounce the name of the town he's from. Because I cannot read this as anything other than La Coochie, Florida.
1: Oh, I'm almost upset that you said it before I had a chance to even find it. <laughs> oh, no.
0: I don't know how you read that as anything
1: other than La Coochie. Born... That's Lecouche, man.
0: I mean, like it's phonetically spelled.
1: <laughs> it's phonetically Lecouche, Florida. Yeah.
0: Wow, that see is. If I can
1: look up Lecouche.
0: Oh, you're gonna get some wild results if you look up Lecouche, man.
1: <laughs> History of Lecouche.
0: Might as well just look up La Chocha.
1: <laughs> the uh, best places sh- to live in Lecouche. I just want to be there, man.
0: <laughs> no, it's always warm. Um. Anyway, Mudcat Grant was one of seven kids. Um, he it was, a, it was a high school uh, football, basketball, and baseball player. Uh, he got a scholarship to play football and baseball at Florida A&M, um, but he ended up dropping out of college his sophomore year uh, to help support his family, and then Olton ended up ultimately signing with the Cleveland Indians as a free agent in the 1954 season, um, which would have put him at 19 years old, so a lot. Going on for him early on in life, Um, ended up me getting his major league debut in 1958. Um, He ended up going winning 11 games, losing sorry, winning 10 games, losing 11 games out of after um, starting 28 of them. uh, Had 11 complete games, one of which was a shutout. Threw over 200 innings in his debut season. Ridiculous. Um, He would end up having a lot of up and down seasons. Ultimately finishing with an ERA plus of 100. So, perfectly average over uh, a lifespan, but still some really great years in there. His uh, 1968 campaign with the Dodgers, uh, where he had a 2.08 ERA over 95 innings, um, mostly working as a reliever. Um, sorry, working as part starter, part reliever. <laughs> um, but he will be known for his 1965 campaign with the Twins, in which he went 21 and 7. 3.3 uh, ERA, 41 games played, 39 games started, 14 complete games, six shutouts, which led the American League, um, and 270.1 innings pitched, which was his career high and would remain his career high. Um, so a it I think it's one of the great parts about baseball is that that one season, for what is otherwise – a really solid career, probably one that might not get remembered so distinctly. Um, that one season holds a lot of significance in a way that I don't think other sports tend to get it, especially because of the race relations within the world of MLB and what it meant to have, you know, it eventually be integrated and to see the contributions from black ball players, um, the idea that without Mudcat Grant's 1965 season, we might not have the term Black Aces, in addition to having that small community be as congealed as it is today and as recognized as as a, as a unit today, um, ends up being a pretty large contribution from you know, a 14-year veteran of MLB, but uh, a guy who was not a far cry from Pedro Martinez. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. So shout outs to you, Mudcat Grant.
1: Who would you peg as the next addition to the Black Aces? Freddie Peralta. Really? Okay. You don't think uh, Sevy's coming back healthy and joining them? Um, n- well, this so. I think of other black pitchers that uh, are kind of on the cusp of that or, you know, have the potential to make that jump. So I, I actually, I
0: have to take it back. Cause Freddie Peralta is also Dominican because I don't think the black aces includes Dominican born players. I think it's specific specifically hmm. African-American because otherwise
1: right. There'd be Pedro
0: Martinez
1: would, yeah.
0: would be a member. Um, so actually, let me amend that. I guess maybe if, Devin Williams was to end up being a starter, but that seems unlikely because he's just so good in relief. You are muted.
1: Maybe Kumar um, Rocker.
0: Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be yeah. very fun. Hmm. Uh, Marcus Stroman actually would have a pretty decent shot if the Mets decide to be good for any long stretch of time.
1: How many wins does he have this season? Because I know he's got a sub-3 ERA right now.
0: Yeah, let me. I'm pulling up his baseball reference page right now. Uh, he currently has six. He's six and four. So he probably wouldn't get there just because of how many games he's has. He's likely left to pitch. He's probably got 15 to 17 more games if he doesn't miss any from injury, mm-hmm. which means he would basically need to win all of them, um, which is just a very tall order considering one, just the status of getting wins in baseball these days. I mean, you can pitch six innings and your team won't score any runs and congrats. That's not a win, which is dumb. Not, we're not here arguing the merit of the win stat, um, but whatever. And um, it's just, he plays for the Mets and they have had very inconsistent scoring, which is no dig at them. All of baseball has, but um, the Mets in particular. So,
1: I am. Uh, I'm looking through a list of all you know African American players in MLB, just like trying to find, you know, the best pitchers, and it's Chris Archer and Marcus Stroman in the top twenty five, and uh, I don't think either of them are uh, really pushing for uh, twenty wins outside of Marcus Stroman. I feel like like that's just crazy to me how small that representation is.
0: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Jack Flaherty, if he came back from injury Mm -hmm. with enough time to do it. But I don't think he's going to.
1: Not this season.
0: Yeah, I should say. uh, Yeah, yeah. you you beat me to it. Not this year.
1: Um, But all all around talent-wise, I think he'd be the the favorite for me. I just don't see the Mets ever really getting there for Marcus Stroman, and Chris Archer's not going to.
0: If if Chris Archer didn't do it when the Rays were – when he was on the race the first time, he's not doing it now.
1: Right. Uh,
0: man. it is Johnny a, Cueto
1: could come out of nowhere. Yeah, he's Dominican as well. I was about to say, I believe he is also Dominican. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, a very where, where, small list.
0: And that's the thing. It, it's, it's a very exclusive club to be in, in part because, wow, is there not a lot of, African-American pitchers in baseball, um, which speaks to baseball uh, more so than anything else. So that's their problem. Not black people, not wanting to play baseball. Um, mm-hmm. And then to have the, you know, talent and team to win 20 games in a season is very fucking hard. Yeah. It's very, very fucking hard to win 20 games in a season. Um
1: Absolutely. I just yeah. kind of want to throw out there. I saw Alex Reyes' name. Alex Reyes is name on the list. And if the Cardinals ever decide to try and stretch him out again, I think he has definitely has the talent to get there. Um, it's you know health for him.
0: Right. I f- I'm sorry, I'm just, I just feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but I'm gonna I'm to ignore. I know. It because I, 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 that's I, why I'm f- just
1: digging through lists, just like trying to find the guys we missed. Jack Flaherty was a good pickup that we kind of forgot.
0: Yeah, well, he's been out of the news recently just because he's been hurt.
1: Which he's sucks, also, uh, I know this hasn't been discussed in a long time, but he's kind of a Blake Griffin for me where I didn't realize he was black until embarrassingly recently.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize he was black until he said he was black, and then I was like, oh, shit, I'm just like a dick, I guess.
1: Um, well, I mean, I think there's a level of being a dick, and I think Jack Flaherty is kind of past that of like he genuinely looks just very tan.
0: Yeah, but um, hopefully he gets there. So, well, hopefully he gets back and healthy and then the Cardinals are good enough during his starts that he is capable of doing it because he certainly has the talent on his own.
1: Right, and I, he, I think he will. Very so confident.
0: speaking of, actually, so first I wanted to ask you this. So Mudcat Grant, not mm-hmm. in, the, in the Hall of Fame. Because he only has uh, a 21.1 career war and, you know, it's kind of hard to get in the hall of fame when you have a third of the standard minimum baseline, you don't really have the seven year stretch that usually they look for. Um, Mm -hmm. We've also talked about the idea of being in the hall of fame for non strictly statistical reasons. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And there are players that are in the hall of fame for those reasons. Um, such as I forget his first name, but Spalding, someone Spalding, is in the Hall of Fame because Neil. I don't. Is that right? But, no, I was going to say don't. you said you said it way too confidently. It threw me off. Um, <laughs> because I think he, you know, he was the guy that invented the modern baseball. Hence, like Spalding baseballs. Also, like the guy who invented the curveball is in the Hall of Fame, even though he only has like 13 WAR uh, in his career because you invented the curveball. Seems like a yeah. big deal. Breaking um,
1: balls are kind of an important aspect of baseball now.
0: And we also, we, we talked um, back in February during Black History Month. Albert.
1: Uh, with Albert, Albert Spaulding. Spaulding.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, about how, you know, baseball hasn't put um, Negro League players in in a while. And while um, Mudcat Grant was not a Negro Leaguer, he made his MLB debut. Um, he never, you know, really, I should say, he never signed with the Negro Leagues. Um, what's up?
1: Albert Spaulding. Has a 252 and 65 record in MLB with a career ERA of 2.41. Yeah, that's
0: fucking insane.
1: Six time. He had six straight seasons leading MLB in runs. Sorry, National League at the time.
0: That is absolutely and, insane.
1: Sorry, not runs, wins.
0: Yeah, I think I caught what you meant. Yeah. Wow. Hmm.
1: Okay, yeah. All right. He's done a lot of things for Big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. That's, that's fair.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, would Mudcat meet the threshold for you for non-on-the-field t- contribution?
1: As tough it is to say no. Just, you know, as important as, you know, the Black Aces are, you know, coining a term is one like inventing a pitch that changes how baseball is played is huge you know inventing a modern baseball is huge as you know important it is to kind of found quote unquote the black aces i don't think that's necessarily deserving of the hall of fame you know i just don't think it's quite there when guys like babe ruth guys like you know hank Aaron, you know the mount rushmore baseball you know kind of share that room i just don't think it's quite on that same level. Uh,
0: I, I tend to, I think, I think I would agree. It's obviously my grant, I think is a name that should be better recognized because mm-hmm. again, it's a very small list of black ball players who threw 20 wins. Like it's not a big, it wouldn't be much work for MLB to make those names more recognizable. Um, and we've also
1: kind of seen how they do at making current players' name recognizable, you know. Yeah. So, please continue.
0: No, but I, you know, I, I think, you know, the community that appreciates Mudcat Grant did a lot this past couple of days to show their appreciation in light of his passing, and I think having your communities be there as the standard bearers for you is. Is a lot that's more than most people get, and I think having I think MLB already has a section in Cooperstown for the Black Aces. Um, hmm. I believe I'd have to remind myself at this point, it's been a while.
1: Um, I've never been
0: anywho. Um, and I don't want it to make it like a full talent thing. I think if he was even just marginally more statistically impressive on, on on the baseball reference page i like i would i would lower my threshold by a lot for those off the field things but i there's like a weird line and i don't really know where that is but i'm willing to stand here and say mudcats probably just below it
1: that's very fair yeah that's very fair
0: all right uh so then let's uh tap dance on over to uh one uh, one of the present day most impressive athletes we could possibly watch and uh that's jacob de grom now we have not really talked about jacob de grom so far this season uh for no reason really just because he's good and he's or he's great and he's always great and so we haven't yeah like we haven't made a point of talking about the greatness because it'll get, it's been taken back seat to other relatively more interesting and air quotes, like one-off stories. So we figured we'd like take the time to actually point out the fact that, Hey, yeah, dude is like, this is disgusting. (laughs) Um,
1: It's genuinely disgusting. What he's doing. And I'm not saying that in a, you know, hyperbolic way at all. Like it is, impossible to believe that this is possible.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously the, the, the fun, the super fun Twitter facts have been, have been pumping around um, Twitter and you know, which is basically the fact that Jacob deGrom, since he plays in the national league, in addition to throwing incredibly well, he also gets the opportunity to bat. And um, while no pitchers are good at it, Jacob deGrom is having a weirdly good season at it and has managed to knock in, Five runs while only allowing on the entire season so far, uh four. Four earned runs. Seven runs total, uh three of them unearned, but four runs.
1: How many how many runs has he created?
0: What's Jacob de WRC plus?
1: Well, no like how many runs plus RBI does Jacob de have so far this season?
0: Oh, five. so he, he has? has five. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, he he has.
1: Um, well, more than four.
0: Well, no, he he. If you want to do it that way, he has nine because he scored four runs and he hit in five runs.
1: Uh, got it, got it, got it. So, so I, I had, I was nine right runs there that he had five RBI, but I include. Okay, yeah, 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 Words. yeah, 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 yeah. Words. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean it's pretty fu- like Jacob DeGrom has crossed home plate as a batter the same number of times as every batter that's faced Jacob DeGrom has crossed home plate and in, in, you know earned. He has scored four runs, he has allowed four runs. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just these stupid.
1: Fucking, stupid. Just his so fucking stri- stupid! His strikeout to walk ratio is a hundred and three to eight. in his, 64 innings.
0: His ERA plus is six hundred eighty nine. His current ERA is zero point five six. And the thing about it is, you want to say, I want to say, it's not sustainable. Like, and it it, it literally can't be like mathematically. It can't be, but I will never doubt it.
1: <laughs> his FIP is 0.92. It's
0: and his stupid. WHIP what's is this?
1: 531. <laughs> 0.531. Right. It's uh, just. What's his Sierra?
0: For anybody interested, because I said it and then I, I had to, you know, find out for myself, um, Jacob deGrom's ex-WOBA this season is 286. Um, his max exit velocity is 105.6. Jesus Christ. His expected batting average is 301.
1: How how familiar are you with the strikeout percentage versus strikeouts per nine?
0: As it like, as it crosses over? Like or?
1: uh like the th- like the Benchmarks for strikeouts per night or strikeout percentage, I should say,
0: as a batter or as a pitcher?
1: As a pitcher,
0: um, I, I got you covered. Why? What's up?
1: His is 46.2. So, if you face any batter, there's nearly a 50 50 chance he just strikes you out and nothing else happens.
0: Yeah, that's the 99th percent. So let's let's give that. Um as a pitcher his average exit velocity is in the 85th percentile. So he throws um with great velocity but not 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 the hardest. Um, his max exit velocity is in the 63rd percentile. His hard hit percent is in the 88th percentile, which means that they are not hitting him doesn't mean that he's getting hit a lot. Um woba 100th percentile, xera 100th percentile expected batting average 100th percentile expected slugging 98th percentile uh, strikeout percent 99th percentile walk rate 97th percentile whiff rate 98th percentile chase rate 99th percentile fastball velocity 100th percentile and then barrel ball percent is in is at 70th fastball spin 79th curveball spin 78th it is so fucking stupid
1: it really is. It's it's These numbers are unbelievable. I mean, he's been in 10 games. How many games do you expect him to be in over the course of a season?
0: Well, so he, he, he left his last game with... A a soft injury. I say that because he didn't get pulled from the game, like, off the mound. He just didn't go back out for another inning after throwing six, and the Mets said it was because he was feeling some tightness. Um, Jacob DeGrom then said it's probably not much. He's just trying to be cautious. So, in theory, if he misses a start, it would only be one start, but it's also tough to say that. That being said, it's his second again like quote unquote injury of the season so tough to say where that goes but let's say he throws let's be conservative he only gets 10 more starts for whatever reason
1: that's still a fucking 7.2 war 7.4 war man um, I, I forget what his well, war was he's got 3. yeah 7, he's got so 10 games 7.4 uh,
0: on on base runners is 3.9 so oh,
1: cool, cool 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 cool.
0: yeah so that's what's Gosh. crazy is jacob de grom if he only started 10 more games he would still have over 200 strikeouts he has 103 scary. right now
1: oh my god his sierra is 1.59 that's fucking gross
0: it's just absolutely disgusting um what's more disgusting all of those stats are the fact that he's lost two games
1: uh, the fact that he's lost two games.
0: He only has, man, he only has allowed four earned runs all season, and he has two losses. Fuck the Mets.
1: It really is just uh, embarrassing. And it really is.
0: You know, so one of the um, features that Baseball Savant has is um, – like spray charts of where a pitcher's pitches go, right? Or like a heat map, I guess is probably a better term for it. It's a heat map. And, you know, usually you see a lot of fastballs more centered around the lower middle part, but you you see a lot condensed around towards the middle for whatever reason that is. Um, the better pitchers will have the hotter part of their heat maps over t- towards the corners, but it that's really hard. So it's not oftentimes the most hit spot for a lot of pitches for a lot of pitchers. Just again because that's very hard to do. Um, Corwin, name a pitcher. Jacob Degrom. Uh, the, other than the guy we're Joe Musgrove. Talking about. Oh, that's a great that's a great choice. Love that one. All right, so I'm going to look up. Joey Musgrove.
1: Name a pitcher.
0: <laughs> Name a woman. Uh,
1: uh, great show. Uh,
0: I love Billy Eichner.
1: He's on the street.
0: Billy on the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you don't like Billy Eichner, you are both um, homophobic and anti-Semitic. and uh, I will hear no nothing to the contrary. <laughs> um.
1: I didn't think you were coming that hot. Wow.
0: (laughs) So if you look at Joe Musgrove's four seam fastball heat map, a lot of it is centered towards the middle. There's a couple like hot zones in the um, left-handed batter's box, lower corner, um, and then, you know, kind of even on on the side plane there. But a lot of it's centered towards the middle, which is fine. Like that, you know, that works. It's not his most commonly thrown pitch, whatever. Um, and he throws it in a variety of enough places and on corners enough that there's, you know, some red there and some tin. Jacob Grams is so centered for what you typically see on a heat map off to the side in a corner that it, it just, it, it blows the, same thing with the slider. His slider is in, like it is right on right below the, bottom corner of the left-handed batters box right there it's unreal like yeah. and 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 to see his four seamer and his slider grouped so consistently is wild because again if you look up I'm looking at Joe Musgrove' stats and his slider has like it's a pretty wide ranging thing it goes from just below the top of the zone uh, and all the way off to like a f- like two feet into the left-handed batters box. And you look at his cutter, and there's like a bunch, this a couple like blue, random blue dots scattered around from like pitches he threw to that spot just the one time, Um, mm-hmm. because uh, bad grip on the ball, I've let go of it too soon. Who fucking knows? His four seamer and Jacob Degrom's four seamer and his slider have no eric blue dots, and they are perfectly formed little balls of where he wants to throw them in that heat map. It is insane to look at, and again, it's something that. Uh, heat maps can be kind of weird to look at for pitchers because they're relatively new as a visual stat. Um, but when you look at enough other players, mm-hmm. and then you look at Jacob Degrom's, it's very obvious what this should look like.
1: Right. Have you seen the heat map for uh, release point? For yes, Connolly? I have. It it's is just a, it's the size of a baseball. It's just a baseball that it's like he's throwing through a piece of wood with just a baseball sized hole in it. And the only physical way for that baseball to get through is if it's perfectly through that hole. And it's,
0: you know, so a lot of, a lot of baseball players will not a lot, but you'll, you'll, you'll see a lot of, I just said a lot again, you'll see pitchers who varied the arm angle to give a deception on what pitch is coming. So they'll go more, over the top on one pitch and then the next pitch, they'll do more three quarter or more sidearm just to try mm-hmm. to confuse the batter's look on what they're receiving and make it a little bit harder to pick up what's happening because the entire appearance of what is happening in front of them is different. And it works for some guys and it doesn't work for others. You know, Nestor or- Cortez Jr. has been sent down several times because it has not worked well for him necessarily. It, but
1: it's like with golf where it's like, all right, if you have so much going on, the simplest, you know, the, the simplest, what am I trying to say? The um,
0: Simple simplest, simplest solution action,
1: the... whatever you would call like, the actual motion. Yeah. Simplest motion is the easiest one to repeat over and over and over again and get that consistency. So when you throw 110 pitches, they all are coming out where you want them to be.
0: Right. And. You know, the, one of the reasons pitchers do that is because, well, one, they think it adds deception. It very well may, much as we just said like a few episodes ago, deception is something you're never or don't we can't measure now. So who's to say? Um, but also because throwing from the exact same release point, like Jacob Degrom does, to a T, is very hard. It is very because if everybody, if if there was an option just a binary option of do you want to throw from, and you could choose, right? You could Mm -hmm. fuck talent. You could choose what to do. Throw from literally the exact same spot for all of your pitches to the size of the baseball, like Corwin said, or throw from a bunch of different arm angles. I'm willing to bet a lot of pitchers would pick the exact same release point because Mm -hmm. that makes it even more. It makes it impossible to know what's coming.
1: It ramps up. The, it's, um, it's like a circle for like the, where you are on this line is how much deception there is. More and more and more and more and more and more and more gets less and less effective. And then as soon as you come back around to no you know variance at all, it's, oh, this is now perfectly deceptive again.
0: Right. Because the whole point of the changeup is here's a pitch that mechanics-wise I'm going to throw exactly like my fastball But because I changed my grip and nothing else, release point stays the same, throwing motion, everything else stays the same. But because I changed my grip, it'll come out slower. The batter will see fastball release, fastball arm action, fastball release point. But instead of coming in at 96, it comes in at 89, and he swings in front of it. Imagine that for literally every pitch you throw. Slider, fastball release point. Change up fastball release point curveball fastball release point. It doesn't make any se- sinker fastball release point. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like the fact that he's able to just do it, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense.
1: It's going to be one of those things where we look back on the season and we're like, wow, like wh- he, he did what? Why is this not like the largest talking point in all of baseball? Well, the man, we might, we might, we might remember why, uh, a lot of things going on in baseball, not a lot of positive ones, but Jacob Graham should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's just, it's just so fucking wild to see out of a guy that like technically didn't make it as a shortstop.
1: Well, what a failed prospect,
0: right? Like Luis Sessa on the Yankees was, um, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm, Big old air quotes around the word failed because, I mean, they're playing in Major League Baseball. I bet they were probably pretty good shortstops. (laughs) Um, But Luis Sessa was either a shortstop or a second baseman, and now he's a relief pitcher for the Yankees. And when I say that, and you didn't know it, but you know who Luis Sessa is, your brain probably goes like, oh, okay. Um, He's not bad this season. He's actually been getting a lot better. And that's what I was going to kind of lead into, is that the idea that Jacob deGrom wasn't like a high school pitching prospect. Mm Mm-hmm and now is the game's best pitcher, is... He
1: is, Zach crinky.
0: It's... it's it's Was Zach Grinky not a pitching prospect?
1: Uh, he was a shortstop. Oh, was he? Yeah. He, he
0: wanted, wanted to be alone. When he,
1: got, when he first got called up, he asked if he could go back down to the minors so that he could... Uh, or go back down to single A so he could come up as a shortstop because it's more fun.
0: <laughs> uh, I was wondering if he switched... To um, pitcher so that he wouldn't have to have any conversations with guys on second. <laughs> Imagine Zach Renke as a first baseman just choosing not to ever talk to anybody at first.
1: Yes, and it would be fucking amazing. Yeah. I would love it so much.
0: I, yeah. Uh. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, because you don't uh. know how to do that shit out the pitching mound. You're not close enough to fucking anybody to have a nice conversation.
1: No, and I think that's why he doesn't mind pitching at year like 23.
0: And may he continue forever
1: police loved love Zach Ricky
0: so just looping us back over to um, Jacob Gram, not too much else uh, creative to say with with you know obviously his stats are mind-bogglingly insane and we you could spend mm-hmm. all day if we wanted to just ogling over them but I don't think that's very interesting um, talk radio <laughs> so we're not going to but you know Jacob de Gram is 33 so he is no spring chicken however he is peaking at a peak we have never once peaked before how long do you think he has to do this before he like if he retired today
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I think we've had this conversation a few times but he keeps being better and it makes the conversation different um right (laughs) if he retired today is he a hall of famer
1: I think so, just because of, like, I know we just had this conversation, like, going into the season, and it was, like, not now, but almost inevitably will be. But at this point, he's having the best season as a pitcher ever. Like, genuinely ever, if he could just maintain this level. Like, it's the best season ever, and it's not really close. I think if he retired after the season, after having the best pitching season ever, it's hard not to put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, we know he came out of, you know, minor leagues late. You know, he was relatively old as a prospect um, when he first came up as 26-year-old in 2014, which is crazy. But he's only had two seasons in the eight years he's been playing with an ERA above three and only one above 3.04 like he's just been an ace pitcher Ironically, for the entirety his worst of his ERA
0: group. season his most winningest season such a stupid stat
1: and he still had an ERA plus of 117 yeah his worst year is 117 that's insanity <sighs>
0: and you know there would be Obviously, he wouldn't retire after the yes, end of the season. Yes. He's too good, too. But if he mm-hmm. did, you know, there would be some precedence with Sandy Koufax retiring after what is probably, I mean, we could argue about best season for Sandy Koufax and go through peripherals. But by ERA, which I understand, again, it's not the best stat. I'm being lazy. I understand that. Um, His last season was his best season, 1.73 ERA. And he won the Cy Young that year for his second back-to-back season winning Cy Young. Um, First back-to-back, the second year of Mm -hmm. a back-to-back. And then he retired. He threw 323 innings that year for throwing 335 the year before. He was like, I'm not sure my arm wants to keep doing this, and I would like to stop before it falls off. And so I'm good. Mm -hmm. And that's why Sandy Koufax made the Hall of Fame with 48 war because he was ridiculous and everyone understood that if he wanted to keep going, he'd probably make the Hall of Fame anyway. So why bother with the rigmarole? And here you go. And I think that's where I am rapidly approaching for Jacob deGrom.
1: I mean, he's I, at 42.5 now.
0: Right. He is He is the rest of this season away from catching up to Sandy Um, And that's funny because it's almost
1: <laughs> that's a, really that's true. A stupid. That's a stupid fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: like literally if he you pitched wanna... 15 games instead of ten games at the exact same pace, which again, it's you can't just project out from that, but let's do it anyway. Um at well, let's round it up, call it four war instead of three point nine for baseball reference. Um so you fifteen games would be another one and a half times that. That's six war. That's basically the difference between Koufax and DeGrom right there.
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me that he has five top ten, top eight, I should say, Cy Young finishes. Five of them. He also has a rookie of the year. He's only only been selected to the All-Star game three times. Yeah. It's so stupid that we vote for this middle of the season. Like, we were just talking before we started whether or not we want to, like, start our predictions. We don't vote for
0: the pitchers. The managers pick the pitchers.
1: Even so... The fact how that it's is middle that? Yeah. of the season is insanity. It's uh, the yeah. only sport that's like that, and it drives me nuts. Well, I, I guess hockey's well, kind of like that, but yeah, I even it, then, it's like three quarters of the way through the season.
0: It's meaning it, it, it it's an exhibition game that ended up getting meaning because people gave it meaning. So,
1: but it's like people's contracts are based. No, I, like, right,
0: right. I again, I'm totally with it. Um, hmm. yeah. But I I, at the, I, I believe pre season, I didn't think DeGrom would have been a Hall of Famer yet. Only because I would mm-hmm. want to see more of the county. And I, I don't think I put a 60-war threshold on him because his peak is ridiculous. Um, I don't remember, though. At this point, though, fuck that. Um fuck it entirely. Uh, and honestly, the crazy thing is he'll get there within if he kept playing, um right. f- like really soon. But uh yeah, it doesn't matter if you requ- if he retires with like 50 war and plays like one more season, cool. I'm I'm sold. Pass me the ballot, I'm in. It's just it's just it, you, this it's just, it's just some shit you don't see. You just, you just don't fucking see this. 689 fuck you like, like that is that is uh, fuck you it, it's not real
1: Jacob Gram has the sixth highest OPS on the New York Mets Ugh. four of four of the top five are on the aisle right now no 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 I hate that so Jacob deGrom has the second highest active war or OPS on the Mets that's so fucking stupid Oh, I love this so much.
0: So see, real quick, average. just for just just for reference. Um, I, I believe this only applies to starters because otherwise I think I would see um, Zach Britton here. But what do you think is the highest ERA plus single season of all time?
1: Oh, fuck. I know this one, or I did know this one. I want to say it's like 289, something like that. I'm sure it's higher.
0: No, uh, it, it, you're, you're, right, you're right there. Uh, Tim Keefe in 1880, uh, 293. If we go modern era, it's the second person on this list, which is Pedro Martinez's 2000 campaign, where it was 291. And then follow that are uh, two seasons from just last year, Trevor Bauer, 287, and Shane Bieber, 281, both 2020. Mm-hmm. Colossal asterisks is next to them because shortened seasons and
1: yada. And Trevor Bauer. Yada, yada.
0: And not even that. It's just like <laughs> maintaining that ERA plus is way easier over a significantly 16. fewer number of games um, against significantly weaker opponents than if you played the entire league, but whatever. Right. So Jacob deGrom... Would over double the record if he can maintain this pace over a full season.
1: And he could even take a a step back. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. He
1: could take take a sizable
0: step back and still have a comfortable lead for this weird category.
1: So the Mets have now won back-to-back series against the Padres this year. Both of which involve Jacob DeGrom just taking his dick out on the mound and just smacking every Padres batter with it. And to some extent, I'm kind of rooting for it. Because the Padres, yeah, like, they've been up and down all season long with their offense. But at the end of the day, it's like, they're a great offense. They have a lot of great players who are really good at hitting baseballs. And Jacob DeGrom is making them look like high school kids. It's... It's just like one of those things where it's like, I am lucky to be here and being able to witness this.
0: I'm just happy to be in the room. It's true. Yeah. Um, I'm not really going to Google it too much because I don't feel like it. But if I recall correctly, if we applied this to all pitchers with a significant amount of appearances, the highest ERA plus of all time, do you have any guesses?
1: Uh, I do not.
0: I believe, well, actually, I already said it, but I believe it is Zach Britton um, with his 2016 Orioles campaign, in which over um, 63-sorry, 69 games, um, in which he accomplished 47 saves and pitched 67 innings, he had an ERA plus of 803.
1: Wow. So over the entire
0: season, over the entire season, he allowed. Seven runs, only four of which were earned, which is where Jacob DeGrom stands right now.
1: And wasn't it like one of them was like defender indifference and one of them was like one that shouldn't have counted for some other reason?
0: Yeah, there was one where uh like fielders, um yeah, defensive indifference, like moved a runner over from, I forget if it was second, I think it was first to second, and then a lazy shit ground ball ended up or um uh single ended up scoring him from second and then there was yeah there's one other weird one in there that got charged to him um so really it should have only been two earned runs but
1: which would have been fucking it's
0: even fucking dumber but yeah
1: uh yeah.
0: oh so we're witnessing history man we're listening to a lot of this is a great season in terms of individual accomplishment and very much so not team it's very lopsided Team accomplishment this year for most teams is not there. Individual accomplishment, however, we're seeing a lot of good stuff.
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, the Mets are playing a hell of a lot better. You know, their offense is clicking now, or at least better than it was. Their pitching is doing so well. Um, Marcus Strowman, Tone Walker, you know, um, who's that other guy? Oh, right, Jacob DeGrom. Um, you know, the, the NL East is mm-hmm. – not looking all that great this year so hey man Mets in the playoffs Jacob DeGrom anything can happen yeah I mean is there is there any pitcher you'd want to face less in a you know when and you're in your playoff game than Jacob DeGrom
0: no I mean like literally no I don't know how there's any other answer to that question other than no oh
1: my god <clears throat> if you put hey. Trevor Bauer on top of Clayton Kershaw's shoulders and they're both Going through the throwing motion if, if, and a ball's coming let, out of someone's hand.
0: If you let and, Bauer and Kershaw platoon with with no rule stopping it.
1: They they each stand on one side of the pitching mound, and they both go through the motion, like pitching motion at the same time, but only one of them has the ball.
0: Okay, so just real quick, because now I said it, and so now I have to find out. But um, if, if you did platoon <laughs> Bauer and Kershaw, We'll stick with this season because we're talking about this season. Mm-hmm. Um, is the platoon of Bauer and Kershaw, where Kershaw faces lefties and Bauer faces righties, is that better than mm. Jacob Degrom's current stats?
1: I will put my answer on hard no. I, I think Degrom would still have them.
0: I, I I'm going to say you're probably right. So let's see. I've got because it is incredibly
1: hard to even cherry pick stats that are better than this.
0: Okay so why am I looking? Am I looking at batting stats? No. Then why? What? It's giving me slash lines. And that's not what I want. Baseball reference. (laughs) No one. I don't need slash lines. Give me, give it to me as a pitching stat. Fucking bitch.
1: (laughs) Bitch. Bitch.
0: All right. Yeah, this is very stupid, but Anyway, um, because I can't tell which one of these runs are are earned. So the platoon splits versus left-handed batting, Clayton Kershaw has allowed six runs on 10 hits, one double. Like, I have a a slash on here that doesn't mean anything. Um, But it doesn't tell me how many of those runs are earned, Hmm. which I don't get why you would set it up like that. It seems kind of fucking dumb. Maybe I'm an idiot. It's possible. Um, Yeah. So he's allowed six runs um, versus left-handed batting. Trevor Bauer has allowed eight runs versus right-handed batting. So between the two of them, they've allowed 14 runs, which even if we just assumed all of them um, had some level of split between earned and unearned, Mm -hmm. that is equitable. Uh, Jacob DeGrom's season is better still
1: by a fair motion i mean half or yeah.
0: double i guess however because 14 is twice as much as seven and if we al- called only 75 percent of those runs earned um that means that they have allowed fucking like eight i don't feel like doing that math nine sure um earned runs and jacob de allowed four so uh Kablawi. there you go Degrom is, is, is Jacob Degrom, literally better than if you platoon split in the same game, Kershaw and Trevor Bauer. We 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 figured it out, folks.
1: I still think if they were both on the mound together, they might be able to uh, take 10.5. That's
0: seventy five percent, so it'd be ten and a half runs. I I I my mental math is not very quick. More than sorry. double. Yeah.
1: Oh, Jacob Degrom. Ah, Jacob, Jacob Degrom. Boom! Oh, Boom! <laughs>
0: Oh, man. We are the worst.
1: Yeah, we are.
0: We really are. Oh, I'm going to be singing that all night now. We ruined my evening. All right. Let's talk about some jerseys to uh, wrap things up here. Because MLB is continuing the City Connect jerseys, and we did not talk about one of them. And then one of them just dropped today day so we have two sets of jerseys to talk about let's start
1: with one but two two count them two
0: marshmallows (laughs) um (laughs) uh so let's start in chicago with the chi-town i will always want to pronounce that chi-town because why would you have ch and not make it make the sound fuck you guys um you are muted
1: no, I just didn't say it because you were oh. talking. I was yeah. trying to be polite.
0: Oh, it was, it was so unacc- – I'm so unaccustomed to that. I assumed you were just wrong.
1: No, I, get um, it. I get it.
0: So the Chicago Cubs dropped their um, City Connect jerseys pretty quickly after um, the White Sox had theirs. The MLB was clearly like, Chicago – sure, I'm pretty are sure old. they were
1: leaked online.
0: They were leaked online. Yeah. Um, but then they were the next team to actually sport them So the way Chicago – or Chicago, there's two teams. The way the Cubs jerseys look is it is – I, by the way, I said they were going to be modeled after the Chicago City flag in a sheer moment of pure vexillological nonsense, and I was right. They were. Obviously, it was a layup, so I shouldn't get that much credit, but I'm still taking some credit because I did actually say those words. I said
1: they were going to be white. They were not.
0: Um, no, they are a deeper blue than the blue. Oh, well, actually, maybe a paler dark blue than the blue they usually wear. No, it's deeper. It's
1: a more um, grayer blue. Like, it's a grayer it's blue. A
0: muted. Oh, yeah. oh, it is darker, too, right? I'm not just
1: Yeah, no, it it's up. definitely darker.
0: Okay. Um, coupled with a powder blue that is, again, straight off of the um, Chicago City flag, uh, as well as some... Uh, rearrangement of the stars of the Chicago flag into like a Y symbol that's on their uniform as well.
1: How many city flags do you know? Dude, like... One?
0: Four, maybe?
1: I know Chicago. I don't know if I could give any more.
0: Uh, San Francisco is because it's absolutely horrible.
1: Really? Okay. (laughs) Oh, please.
0: Please look it up. It's so bad. Um... I know the Bronxes offhand. Um,
1: because of course you do. Wow, that's fucking stupid. It's
0: it is a very bad flag.
1: That is that is something that was free handed in 1970 and never once updated.
0: Yeah, never touch it again. Yeah. Okay. Um, I knew the New York City flag because I I always. I always look at it and want to say it's the Dominican Republic flag, and then I realize it's the New York City flag, and then I go, well, I'm glad that those two things look kind of similar, depending on which version of the Dominican Republic flag you're looking at.
1: Wow. Um, Yeah, that is... I had no idea that existed.
0: Yes. Uh, Oh, and then there's one flag in, like, Minnesota that is also renowned for being hot garbage. I'm struggling to think of what town or municipality it is but um
1: i know a lot of country flags i know most of the state flags boy i just do not know any other city flags other than chicago which by all means good on chicago
0: and there are residents i'm gonna look up peoria
1: arizona has a tremendous flag
0: um i would like to just say that i have tried typing the word um flag into Google several times as we've been doing this and l- did not want to spell it right. Hmm. Uh, and that is just, just, just a big old smack in the face of embarrassment.
1: The city um, of Marshall, Arkansas has a flag that's just a strawberry.
0: Simple. I like just
1: it. Just a single strawberry.
0: Anyway, looping back to um, the Cubs, they have in white the word Wrigleyville written across their chest, uh, which is the Part of Chicago that that stadium is in, that's why it was called Wrigley Field. In addition to the owners being the Wrigley family, like there's a lot, there's a lot of reason actually. Now that I said that a lot, I'm not sure which one came first the location being called Wrigleyville or the stadium. But I believe Chicago historians come check my facts, um, that the town was called Wrigleyville first and then the ballpark was Wrigley Field afterwards. Um, but anyway. So that's where that's from, and then in the same powder blue, the number just below the term Wrigleyville. Corbin, what do you think of the um, Cubs jerseys here?
1: Uh, I like them. I don't love them. I think I like them better than the White Sox. I like them better than Boston. Ooh, that's
0: a hot take.
1: Um, I'm actually gonna pull them up because I haven't yet. Um... But I do think they're one of the better ones. What was the third team that we talked about?
0: Uh, Boston, Miami, Chicago, Chicago.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I do like them better than uh, Miami's as well. So, so far, I guess I would say, hey, they're my favorite. I just think that you could have this be a full-time jersey and wouldn't question it whatsoever. You know what? No, I definitely do like Miami's more. Miami's is really cool.
0: I I think Um, these are my least favorites so far.
1: Yeah, just because they're kind of, like, boring.
0: They're super boring. Oh, my God. These are the least interesting Because, again, say what you want about the Boston ones. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I like them. I can appreciate the big swing in terms of the large deviation from the color scheme, which I think would honestly be less jarring if they did them now, now that that's kind of the expectation um, since they were first. Uh, And how cleanly that ties back to the sentiment they were trying to achieve with the Boston city Jersey. Um, But this is just who like, this feels like it was designed by um, the city council of Chicago. This feels like it had something. It feels like it had municipal approval. You know what I mean? This feels like this, this one really feels focus tested.
1: I don't know. I think it has some really good style points and I think it's done really well just because it's simple. I I don't really think it's bad per se. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I I really like them. The caps. I really love too.
0: the caps. I will definitely admit are the best part of the jersey. Yeah. Easily
1: caps are the make or break, man. They're a foundation.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's gonna be the moneymaker anyway. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think these. I think these are fine. I, I think the White Sox, even though I had smaller complaints with those jerseys, I think those were better. But um, yeah, the this one was the layup though in terms of what to expect. I, in all of my finite wisdom, <laughs> called this one. So I think if they do Chicago again do the cubs again next season or whenever they plan on mm-hmm. doing another version of the city connect we'll probably get something more interesting than this um so i i get you, sometimes you gotta start at the most obvious point even if it's not the most interesting point so i again do get it um all right shall we talk about Arizona's just came out today. I didn't realize that because I know you said all the dates a couple weeks ago and I forgot them.
1: Which is fine. I just saw that they got posted and that is what inspired me to bring this topic up. But yes, the Diamondbacks.
0: So the Diamondbacks jerseys are a like sand kind of tan off white looking jersey that in green and, um, eventually forms the head of a snake, so it's really like a snake that just happened to wiggle out and spell the word. Um, Serpentines, or sorry, Serpientes, um, again, in the form of a snake going across the chest, and then in red numbers below that uh, are the player numbers in addition to the um, traditional Diamondbacks logo on one sleeve, and um, I forget what's on the other, but I believe there's something on the other sleeve. Um, Oh, it's flag. Yeah, the Arizona flag. Um, the color scheme meant to be representative of Sedona, I believe. Uh, what it looks
1: like the desert?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the desert. <laughs> it's definitely sand colored. Yeah. Uh, Corbin, tell me what you think about these jerseys.
1: I fucking love these, man.
0: I know like, they're so fucking good.
1: I I want to buy one of these. Kind of like I I have a Pirates jersey. I have an old like major like major league movie style jersey for the indians and i have I my fernando song. tatis jersey and this is one i genuinely want to buy to just add to the collection i don't give a shit about the diamondbacks i fucking hate you they're like a division rival i hate watching I hate the them play because they're not enjoyable but my goodness these are just sexy okay. fucking uniforms It hurts now <laughs> good
0: yeah I'm dude oh my heard. god i who would you buy if you had to buy a player not, well, not like by a player. I was player, just, I was just thinking, like, Jersey. I have
1: no idea who you I'd like, Marte Zach, for Gallen. Me. Zach Gallen is probably the only player I would be, you know, willing to buy. Christian Walker would be fun. Don't give a shit. There's, so probably I probably.
0: I will Peralta. genuinely
1: say the Arizona Diamondbacks are composed of the most amount of players I don't care about in all of baseball. Like that entire roster outside of Zach Gallen and Ketel Marte. I don't give a shit.
0: I like David. He's not having an earth-shatteringly great season. I like David Peralta. Um, all right, you now though, made me question: Who the fuck's on that team? Because um, I was thinking about Mad who is in their rotation. The only big name. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the starting pitcher with the most innings is currently Merrill Kelly, and that feels like it shouldn't happen. Um, and then. Madison Bogartner, who's on the IL, Luke Weaver, who's on the sixty-day IL, Zach Allen, who's on the IL, and Taylor Widener, who's on the IL. I did not realize that that many of their pitchers were fucking hurt. Um, What's
1: their record right now? Because they are on a historic losing streak.
0: Uh yeah, they are fifth in the NL West. They are currently twenty and forty-five.
1: Oh my God.
0: That's what the kids say. Not good, Jack. So yeah, they're 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 not um, moving and shaking. In fact, um, that is the worst record in all of baseball. So.
1: I, going to a more positive note, I think the Diamondbacks should just absolutely adopt this. They should base their entire franchise visually around this jersey. Change the name from Diamondbacks to Serpientes. Make this your full-time jersey. Completely change the franchise to be this. Please.
0: Uh, No, I think they should do... Um, their own version of the 90s Coyotes logo.
1: The Kariah? Cur- 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 I, I forgot how to... That's a crazy word I do not know how to pronounce, but yeah, those jerseys are fucking gorgeous.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what... Really, I think the Diamondbacks should just realize that their greatest asset in all of baseball is the fact that they consistently have some of the best jerseys in the sport. Mm-hmm. Like... There are OG jerseys from when they started, gorgeous. The jerseys they had a couple years ago with the teal lettering, gorgeous. Their are black jerseys, gorgeous. These jerseys, gorgeous. All of their jerseys are
1: good. I don't like the caps with that kind of gradient digital.
0: I usually like the shit and I even like those, but I understand why you might not.
1: Yeah, the the digital like gradient stuff is not my cup of tea uh gradient as a whole was kind of ruined by the jaguars a little bit so uh, i will say
0: thanks blake bortles
1: thanks the boat the boat of all time that's
0: um i will also say you could if you wanted to get a or carson or kelly jersey he's also having a nice no. season no. um but yeah no these these
1: are I mean, wonderful <laughs> that'd
0: be cheaper yeah um Oh, but these are these are so fucking cool, man! These are so fucking cool. I, yeah, I am excited about these.
1: Who who is the best player to ever play for the Diamondbacks? Randy.
0: Yeah, he won. He won four consecutive Cy Young awards.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I was trying to see if there was anyone I was just like blatantly overlooking who would be in that conversation, but if I could get a Randy Johnson version of these, sure, I'd get that one.
0: I'm sure you could.
1: Yeah. I'm sure it'd be Um, very much expensive compared to a normal one, but whatever.
0: I'm sure it would as well. So it's also worth noting that so far, I believe this is the only city connect Jersey that features a different language by putting the team name in Spanish. Hmm. I do not believe any other teams have done that so far. And it might be easy to overlook because it's super fun and Mm -hmm. it is a, it says snakes and it is a snake and I mean literally what more could you ask for out of the snake theme <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is it is in a different language and that is really cool and it would be interesting to see and I'm not confident we'll see it because it obviously now I'm thinking about foreign languages being represented as the team name on a, on like a main Jersey that they're going to wear at a game worn Jersey. But you know, there's a lot of heritage that can be represented in various areas by doing stuff like that. You know, like there's a strong connection to um, Japanese uh, culture in Los Angeles. If the Dodgers or the angels wanted to do that, it'd be super cool if the angels did it. Um, mm-hmm. Especially on like a night that Shohei Ohtani Otani pitched um, large representation of korean communities uh, on the west coast as well um it would be interesting to see other teams kind of explore the idea of representing some of their larger um population communities the larger minority communities in this type of way because this is i mean it's also fun and different even if you don't necessarily like if that doesn't represent you in some way which is fine um mm-hmm. Like the idea that just that it says Serpientes instead of Diamondbacks is super fucking fun,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and I would totally be down with like a really cool Japanese Angels jersey. That just sounds like a blast. Um,
1: I would. I'd buy one of those.
0: <sighs> fuck yeah! And the Yankees and Mets should have alternate jerseys for every Puerto Rican day. Every time the Puerto Rican Day Parade rolls around, which was today, they should have they should have Puerto Rican Day jerseys. Why don't they do that?
1: And just play that episode of Seinfeld on the jumbotron. Francisco the
0: Lindor should have been walking in to City Field today with the Puerto Rican flag draped around him, and to unveil a jersey that is also the Puerto Rican flag. So like like a big, like, remove the mask and it's just another mask underneath it moment. He comes in, Puerto Rican flag. Boom! Still the Puerto Rican flag.
1: (laughs) Holy shit.
0: It's one of the best days.
1: It is a good episode of Seinfeld. I'll give you that. I didn't know it was today, so. I also don't live near New York or know anything. So, yeah. But anyway, who are the two teams we got next?
0: Oh, dude, I have no idea who is next. Oh,
1: it's the San Francisco (laughs) Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Ooh. So next month we get the Giants. August we get the Dodgers. All
0: right. So you know what? Let's uh let's talk shop here. Let's make some predictions on this. Uh, Giants, you said was first. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think? So for main inspiration points, Boston picked. The Boston Boston bombing. bombing. Um, Miami picked um, Cuban and general Latin American heritage. Um, Chicago, the White Sox picked um, hip-hop culture as a big backing of theirs. Uh, Right. Cubs picked kind of just like Rigbyville and greater Chicago. Hey,
1: we're the Chicago team.
0: We're the Chicago Chicagoans. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, And then Arizona went – Hispanic and desert. So, what do you think the Giants' like theme is for their jersey there? Tech I mean, startups.
1: I, yeah, fucking Christ. I think the like layup like easy to come to mind would be obviously pride because you know it is San Francisco and that's kind of what they're known for. The fact that they will not be released during Pride Month makes me believe that they're going a different direction because otherwise that's just a huge logistical fuck up to not have that you know line up like that so maybe like golden gate bridge type shit i don't know like i don't know much about san francisco to really oh, I, know was what gonna, like,
0: I thought you were gonna stop at gold because of the gold rush that's true. why the that's why yeah. the 49ers are the 49ers yeah yeah, hmm. yeah so they no could idea, be though. something prospector themed
1: um, I'm just thinking of the prospector from toy story and I just want his face on a Jersey.
0: Uh, cause I was, cause if you, if you think about big tech will never be fun in that way. You know what I mean? Like there's no fun way of being like, Hey, you know, corporations. Yeah. 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 We, we designed it like that. That will never be interesting. No. Um, <laughs> nor yeah. Th- and it shouldn't be allowed to happen. And then outside of that, they are like a small city with insane house prices, housing prices that people like can't afford to live in anymore. Um,
1: Everyone should just get a jersey that's two sizes too small because they can't afford anything bigger.
0: I, I, yeah, I'm starting to think of like what else San Francisco has that isn't just kind of more generally like California Hispanic culture. So. The gold rush is the only thing that comes to mind for me.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really know. I mean, I imagine they they will be able to find something and you know I know they're not all based off of team colors, obviously with Boston and, and Arizona kind of going away from that, even Miami to an I extent. think
0: literally literally everything other than the White Sox
1: basically uh, went away from team the colors. Cubs. Cubs are still team colors. Uh, they're blue, but they're not the same
0: shade of blue. And while that sounds like a technicality, players were getting fined over shoes about this like three seasons ago. So I will claim that.
1: Whatever. Fucking whatever. Um, I feel like just going full orange would be kind of funny. But at the same time, I imagine there are many graphic designers and Nike uniform designers that are like, please don't make us do that. You know what? No, we have those fucking atrocious Boston ones. Why not? Fair. Um,
0: all right. So then the Dodgers
1: could be anything. Literally. Um,
0: just release, fun,
1: release their Brooklyn Dodgers uh, uniforms and just say, hey, this is new and different.
0: Yeah. You know, for the city connect. Yeah. We're going to go with a whole different <laughs> city because fuck you, Los
1: Angeles. Uh- <laughs> oh, God. It's not going to come out until September because of so much traffic. They couldn't get him to the field in time.
0: I, I want to pick like shit that happens in Los Angeles a lot, but it's usually a lot of disasters that wouldn't be funny. Like, oh, if they went with like the Los Angeles droughts, like, you know, so it's,
1: they, it's a white Jersey with in the Dodgers script. It just says Bronco and every player wears 93. The OJ awful. chase awful yeah yeah.
0: they could they could do something like cholo themed to try to make a more specific hispanic culture reference that is you know again like more specific to los angeles because if they just go you know generic like we just like chuck the mexican flag on it and called it a day Mm -hmm. i think everyone would be like oh nice tacos los angeles you must have tried really hard for that one um but if they leaned into something a little bit more with, like, the specific cholo culture of L.A., that could be something.
1: I really they could also wish, go hip-hop with it, but, you know. I was going to say I really wish the Yankees were also a part of this this season so they could do a East Coast, West Coast trade off, like we were talking about with the South Side, North Side for the Cubs and the if, White Sox. If
0: the Yankees do anything less than a—, than a, than a- <laughs> Then a Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five jersey that comes with the bag of cocaine right in it. I will be disappointed. So you can bump rails and listen to White Lines in the stadium. (laughs) What lines? Visions, dreams of passion.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It looks like Garrett Cole is getting tested for a foreign substance by the umpires. Oh, they are just doing lines off the back of his glove. Let's go for the second inning. Let's do it.
0: Oh, man. No, imagine they went really soft on it, and it's like, hey, it's the Sugar Hill Gang on a jersey.
1: <laughs> Everyone's just getting so coked up. Somebody hits, like, a, a soft-hit grounder to, like, third base, and as he's running to first, he sees, like, the baseline and just dives face-first, just, this is it. Nose at the ready.
0: Oh, well, you know what they would do? They would play white lines, and everyone would just snort the foul yeah. lines.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Uh cocaine. You should be legal in baseball.
0: What, they, what, what would be super fun – no, it's just way too specific, so it wouldn't happen until um, a point at which we're all dead. But if the Yankees did a rumble in the Bronx-themed jersey and, like, invited Jackie Chan to come out and just, like, be at Yankee Stadium and be Jackie Chan...
1: Oh, my God. I just imagine there's so many people in the crowd just like, who the fuck is that? What's Everyone going on? would
0: know who Jackie Chan is. Jackie Chan! Rush Hour.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when did Rush Hour come out, my man? When did Rush 2000... Hour 3 come out?
0: Oh, Rush Hour 3. Uh, like,
1: 2007. Wow, 15 years ago? That's
0: my guess. All right, hold on.
1: Hold on. Rush. 2007 sounds right.
0: Hour 3.
1: 2007! Yeah. Ugh, fuck. I need to <sighs> breathe. I need to watch those.
0: Yeah,
1: those are I'm worth a rewatch. Them. Yeah.
0: Also, I want to rewatch um, Shanghai noon shanghai noon shanghai express i think there's there's two where jackie chan partners with owen wilson and what is a combination nobody asked for um but jackie chan is still in them so that they are they are tolerable movies um so i'm trying to get this oh, oh my to god off. this
1: is probably the greatest poster for a movie ever created
0: oh it's awful yeah it's shanghai
1: really nights was the secret. Shanghai
0: nights thank you <laughs> Just before dinner.
1: <laughs> oh, geez, is this like the spirited Like, what's it called uh, when it's like a sequel, but not really a sequel? Like, cinematic uh,
0: universe, spiritual? Sequel?
1: No, a spiritual sequel to uh, the Sunset trilogy.
0: Before oh, yeah. sunset,
1: before sunrise. You know, Shanghai afternoon, Shanghai noon, Shanghai night, Shanghai sunrise. <laughs> Shanghai four thirty-seven p.m. <laughs>
0: Shanghai cup of coffee. Shanghai Express.
1: Oh Jesus Christ. This looks so
0: Shanghai, Shanghai. <laughs> All right, well, anyway. So I want to
1: see I want to see what its ratings were on Metacritic first. If you want 79 listen to- on Rotten Tomatoes, fuck you.
0: It's a fun movie. If you would like to listen to more of this movie talk, you can do so at our movies podcast, Juicing the Big Screen. Check it out. We're talking about a lot of a star is born tomorrow. Um, anyway, Corwin, anything else about the Dodgers? uniform that we won't see for like two months when we forget this conversation? Nah. Alright, well then we're, we will wrap it up. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. Pod. you want to hit us up via uh, email, you can do so at numbers at gmail.com. If you'd like to hit up Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Haller. If you'd like to hit up me on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one.